Welcome to Catch You Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. This podcast is centered around the great outdoors, especially down this way in the most southern regions of the continental U.S., the Florida Keys. Catch Outdoors is hosted by Spotify and now also available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Stitcher. So kick back and get a taste of my Florida. This week's episode of Catch Outdoors is number 94, titled Mix Mash of Thoughts. <laughs> yeah, kind of like random thoughts on steroids. I don't know. <laughs> Getting the titles is a little on the rough side, you know, but I have, you know, in order for me to keep track of what the heck's going on, they got to have a title. Otherwise, I'm just going to get lost. So otherwise, I'd just say it's episode 94 and just kind of run with, you know, who knows? Changes are in the wind. Uh, But first, a fishing report. Uh, I got out on the big water this week. Thanks to no wind. It was beautiful in the Atlantic with the only big swells caused by ships and dive boats. uh, It was it was unreal. Just visibility, 40 feet easy, because I sat in 42 and could see bottom. And I think 50 is about when I lost it, when I really couldn't see what was down there. But uh, in 40 feet of water, I could see bottom. It's amazing. Um, full moon aftermath was a monster high inbound tide in the morning. So I got out on the water. I left the house about seven boat in the water, 7.30-ish. Yeah, probably on site by around eight. And that's when the tide turned. It was coming in so hard. It was like the trolling motor was working its butt off. I had an anchor mode. Uh, it was one of those spot lock deals. And uh, that thing was <laughs> over the three hours I spent fishing out there. I'm pretty sure I about ran it out. Um, I know it was going to need a full charge when I got home, but it worked. Um, I don't, you know, I'm kind of reluctant to do the anchor thing out there um just because you know it's just it's just one of those sites where you don't want to be dumping uh i don't want it not hit sand let's put it that way um there's lots of reefy stuff out there so i just i'm not wild about dropping the anchor unless i can absolutely see where i am on the patch reefs like in 28 30 feet of water it's easy you know you just move up on come up on the spot you want the the craggy rocky kind of areas the coral areas and then just anchor in the sand and let the current carry you back to it as much anchor line as you need to get close and that's pretty much it but anyway in the deeper water no and that's where i started i got a lot of fish i tossed them back because most were under the limit and also because i just didn't feel like cleaning anything yesterday or day before rather um meh (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, this could be a PTSD sort of thing of being a former guide. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I'm not joking here. I, I mean, no offense to those who got it during wartime. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, but there are all forms of PTSD out there. And I think that uh, however, it's either that or just a good old case of guilt. I caught and filleted a lot of fish over the years. No brag, just fact. And as time went by, I did see some changes with my customers. So that was a positive. They started taking only what they were going to eat for dinner. Um, and and that, that made me happy. I, just the whole overall attitude changed about, I'd say, probably uh, 2010 or so. Somewhere in there is where I really started to notice a difference. But it was still a lot of fish over time. You know, if I came in with a couple guys or gals or a guy and a gal on a boat or whatever, and I cleaned two or three fish for them for dinner, that's two or three every single day, sometimes twice a day. So that's six fish and or more, you know. And um, when I stopped guiding, you know, it's just, I don't know. So not taking and releasing has become a habit of mine. I'll I just put it that way. Don't, don't get me wrong. If I land a mangrove snapper out of a mangrove snapper hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm no prima donna. <laughs> I'll take enough for dinner. Uh, the same with legal hogfish or a yellowtail on the patch reef. I, I, will, I will do it, yeah. But but one, you know, one hogfish is big enough for two people for dinner. Yellowtail, you only need two or three. You don't need to get crazy on yellowtail to get a dinner out of it. Um, and I guess I should mention mahi. Mahi is something else that that it doesn't bother me to keep a couple of mahi, uh, and especially with the new limits. It was at 20 to the fork. Um, you know, I mean, shoot a 24 inch fish, two of those. Good Lord. That's a, that's, that's quite a few meals. So, but overall that guilt's still there. Um, so I toast most back and I, I, and I thank those fish for the experience, quite frankly. What did I catch? 
Uh, here's a list. Yellowtail. Nope, weren't big enough. Two hogfish. Nope, weren't big enough. <laughs> close, though. Man, one was dangerously close, but he's back on the reef. A um, couple of parrotfish. I love catching weirdness, and parrotfish to me are about the coolest thing ever. Uh, strawberry grouper and more blue-striped grunts than I could count. There are probably enough grunts to do dinner. That's another one that, out of desperation. Um, I, I have to have a, a seafood dinner or a seafood breakfast. I love doing fried fish with eggs in the morning. Um, then grunts count, and they're good. People ignore them. I love it. Throw them back. I'll, I'll keep a few. No problem. On top of that, I saw an enormous bull shark swim by. Man, I mean, enormous. Like, I ain't getting in that water. <laughs> a few rays and three awesome sea turtles. There was one little guy. He was about, uh, oh, I don't know, 12 to 14 inches in circumference. Not You know, a, a, a frying pan size. Just really cool looking. Little dude just came up to look at me. It was the coolest thing about it. He was more curious. Uh, and then two really big ones. Um Great to see them out there. The water again was so clear; it was it was it was hard to miss anything. Like down behind the boat, there were ballyhoo and the chum line moving back and forth, skip jacks and other small jacks, leather jacks, things like that. Just it was just an amazing day on the water. Um, a few small Spanish mackerel crossed the back too, as a matter of fact. You know what it was though? Peace and quiet. <laughs> another amazing day on the water peace and quiet i had a thought i want to tell you all about um it just sort of this happened this past week and it just i don't know i was writing down ideas i like i said i have a little pad that i just write stuff down on as it occurs to me and i wrote down life jacket and i saw that uh this morning and i went oh life jacket um i needed another life jacket um i have four on the boat and four is what the boat really carries Night two is what's best, obviously. It's a skiff. It's an 18-foot skiff. So two passengers are, I mean, that's what, that's what you take, typically. Three, you know, four. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, I'm going to wind up with five. I got some family coming down. And, uh, you know, I know for sightseeing, maybe a little fishing in the back. It's something, an easy trip, as I call it. Five can be done. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I much prefer four as a max, but it may happen. So I thought I'd get another life jacket. I need one. I have four on the boat. I can get another one. So I get online and I start hunting and I look at uh, I look at everything really to see what's out there. Um, and uh, you know, it, nine dollars. <laughs> I found a majority of these orange Coast Guard regulated Type One life jackets, the ones that you're supposed to have and have to have on a boat. By the way, ski vests do not count in most cases. There are some that are certified as Type One. You have to really look at it carefully, but but the Coast Guard requires Type One life jackets on a boat, period. And they're usually those orange ones. Like when you buy a boat, they usually give you a pack of them, give you a pack of four. I think that's how I got mine. You get a pack of four that go with the boat. So anyway, nine bucks. And I'm thinking... Man, nine dollars—that's cheap. Um, I don't know, almost too cheap. Um, but seriously, I mean, nine dollars will do it for me as far as the life check is concerned. Because in my case, if I'm taking a whole mess of people out there, um, and I'm adding on these jackets, the the—I'm in four feet of water. If something goes seriously wrong, we stand up. You know, I, that's all there is to it. The four, three, two feet of water. And wait for help. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just being realistic about this. Um, but offshore, no freaking way. I mean, I, I have two jackets that are the type the Coast Guard makes captains have on board. Okay? Just so you know there's a difference. If you're a charter captain, you're required to carry these much larger, uh, more buoyant life jackets. They're thick. They're big. Uh, some are May West. That's the one that has the collar around the back that keeps your head afloat. Um, so, you know, and those are 60 bucks a piece. That's kind of like a wholesale sort of price. You, you can find individual ones, but a lot of times they want to sell at least four of them at $60 each. And they've got the special reflective tape on them. I mean, these things are pretty serious, plus you have to hook a whistle to them. Um, so, or a sounding device. So for fishing offshore, that's what I want, because if I wind up in the water, I want to be able to float for a long time. A $9 jack is not going to keep you up very long. Let's just put it that way. Um, and, I, you know, I'm just being honest here. If What's a life worth? Nine bucks? 
<laughs> is it even worth 60 bucks? I don't know. Maybe more, you know? Yeah. I mean, we could get into a huge discussion on that, but $9 just seems really, really cheap. Um, so anyway, my summation, if you're going to get jackets for your boat, spend in a way that fits what you're going to do. And if you're way offshore, not only should the life jackets fit the trip, you might want to add a small inflatable boat. Um, I know a lot of my friends do that. And that's a great, I mean, that's, it's redundancy. It's backup. You know, if you, the whole, the whole ship goes down and you see these pictures of these guys hanging on to the, um, uh, underside, the keel, you know, the keel's up, the boat's upside down. They're laying on the keel, hoping somebody comes and gets them. And some of them are hanging on to cooler lids or coolers or a throw cushion or, you know, whatever. That's, that's not my idea of fun. So a life raft. And I found something I want to pass along. Um, there's a company on the web. When I started writing all this down the other day, I'm like, oh, life raft. What can you get for a small boat? Well, you, you, quite a bit. I was surprised. There's a company on there called Rapid Raft. Um, and it's under $500 for this raft. It's fully inflatable. And it was originally invented by them as a travel type raft for campers and people that, you know, that hike a lot and trying to get across a waterway, for example, they can inflate this thing. Uh, it's big enough for a person and a half, I'd say. Maybe you could probably get two in it by looking at it, the pictures on the way. I didn't look at the weight. I think the weight did say 400 pounds. So maybe, maybe that's what it was. So anyway, um, so it was so popular, they made orange ones, bright orange ones for people that are on boats, uh, in, in trouble. And, um, it's about, it's round, deflated, it's, it's round about the size of a nice size PVC pipe, about 24 inches long, um, and has, uh, uh, it weighs less than three pounds. So for camping or whatever, it's, it's excellent. So do what I did, look it up. Um, those of you that fish offshore and you know you're looking for a life raft, not the big, you know, if you're on a 40 foot boat, that's a whole different story. You have plenty of storage space for a decent sized raft. When you're on a 19, 20, 22 foot boat, you don't. And so this might be a good solution for you as a backup. Um, I think it's $400 well spent. It's just like having the EPIRB on board. You know, the EPIRBs are under 200 now, and I would not leave the dock without an EPIRB. That's a superior way for somebody to find you when you're in real trouble. And uh, GPS locations are cool when you use them. <laughs> Tropical storm watch. All quiet for now. Thank you, Saharan dust getting in the way. Funny thing is, it makes for hazy skies here in the Keys instead of that picturesque bright blue, but it makes for beautiful sunrises and sunsets, and it also helps kill the moisture in the air and what's required to get things spinning to get a hurricane going. So come on in, dust. I don't care at this point. Um, we have two bouts of it. We have some right now. Uh, there's going to be a little layoff uh, midweek. You all be listening to this on Tuesday. So it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's going to go right back to being very dry again for the week next weekend. So um, that bodes well because our water temperatures are high. And I think everybody's watching the news and everybody knows we're having a, a major, major temperature, uh, record-breaking temperature all across America at this point, all across North, North America for that matter. Um and uh, so it's kind of imperative that we keep our eyes out. And anything that helps us not have a hurricane uh, or any tropical nonsense is, uh, is good. And so that's Saharan dust. And while I'm on the subject, something else big that was going on was the blob. Yeah, you, you know, the, the, the seaweed. It's sargasm. I saw patches of it, um, but the big event was a non-event. Just so you know, it came up in the same places it's always shown up along the beaches of Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and up toward the Palm Beaches. They scraped it up. They've already taken care of it. Love has been turned into fertilizer. Um, <laughs> down here, on my trip out, I only did seven miles. So I went out to the drop-off, which is where it drops from 30, 40 feet to 100 feet like instantly. And I was on the edge, nothing. On the way back in, on the tide, I found a line at about three miles out. And it was really perfect. If I wasn't so worn out and so hot and sweaty from being out there, I would have stopped and trolled that edge. It was gorgeous. It was about maybe 15 feet across. It ran, from what I can see, about a half mile in either direction. And I'm sure there had to be fish in it. So that's the good thing. Uh, it was in close. It was in like 21, 22 feet of water. But it has not been what anybody said it was going to be. So if you're all worried about sargasm and all that stuff, you can forget it for right now. doesn't seem to be an issue. Um 
Electronics. Oh, yeah, I got to cover this. Uh, for boats and for kayaks, I have to admit, I am eight years behind in electronics. Um, I'm talking GPS, mapping, depth finders, fish finders, radar, blah, 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 blah. Because um, I stopped fishing eight years ago. And um, boating eight years ago. I didn't stop fishing. I stopped boating. And I uh, got a boat and got some fancy new electronics on it. A uh, really nice Simrad, um, which has... It's kind of an all-in-one touch screen, you know. Geez, man, oh, man, I can't believe how easy it's gotten to, to operate these things. Every time I go out, I find a new button. Figuratively speaking, there are no buttons. <laughs> but a new screen button, you know. Um, usually that's caused because uh, as the boat moves up and down or bounces over a wave, I try to touch something and I hit the wrong button. So that's usually how I find a new button for a new feature. Um, the thing is, is amazing. It really is. It, it really does some really cool stuff. I think one of the coolest things that I have found on there, um, is this, the side, the side view, side scan, they call it, where you can look up under docks and stuff as you're going by. Um, I knew of that, you know, Humminbird and other companies had that early on, even back when I was fishing back eight, nine years ago. But the reality was the detail wasn't all that great yet. And now it's really, really good. I mean, you can definitely make out a fish underneath a dock. Um, so I just think that's really a cool feature. And and back to it, I love the buttons uh, being not on there. I love it being a, a touchscreen all the way, like 100% touchscreen. So I think that's really cool. Um I mean, obviously, saltwater environment's horrible on equipment, especially electronics. And if you've got buttons on there, I don't care how waterproof you think it is, stuff is going to get in there one way or another. So it, it makes a big difference when you have something that's basically totally locked up. Um, again, the, the, the depth finder, fish finder, is, well, the GPS is wonderful, too. The GPS is detailed, shows variance in depth. It shows really, really high detail of the water that you're traveling over. I mean, I really like that a lot. Uh, setting the tracks up is really easy. Saving tracks is easy and saving um, um, uh, GPS points to get to. You know, you're doing like navigation. Easy, easy peasy. It really is. But I just love what that depth finder shows now. The detail on the bottom and the detail of what you're seeing uh, is pretty incredible. And uh, I got to hand it to him, man. It's come a long way. I used to say it's almost like cheating because you can see so much more than you used to be able to. Um, so uh, there you go. Let's talk. Ooh, yeah, let's do this. Let's talk Florida lobster. <laughs> <laughs> the upcoming mini season. It's July. I can't. I was just sitting here the other day going, holy God, it's July. We made it through the fourth, right? We made it through the craziness down here. You, I stayed away from the grocery store. You know, we, we shop holiday weekends down here. I've, I've just, well, of course, I already knew this because I used to be a part of that craziness. But um, we, we residents, we uh, go to the store and shop like a hurricane's coming. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You go get everything you need for about four days, four or five days. You get your water, your bread, and and then you now of course a little different. Your cold cut, your meats, and all that kind of stuff, canned goods, whatever, whatever, coffee, whatever it is you use during your week that looks like the cabinet might be close to empty. You go get because you ain't going to the store during the holiday week. Um, they poured in here on Friday. Oh my lord, it was amazing. They had helicopters flying people from Ocean Reef. That, those, that's a very, very wealthy neighborhood on the very north end of the Florida Keys. Uh, Ocean Reef, and it's actually part of Key Largo. And they were flying them to their destinations via helicopter right over our house. The traffic was so bad and immovable that they were flying people back and forth. And I'm sure they were probably doing hospital runs and all kinds of fun things. Um, US-1 was a complete roadblock, the 18-mile stretch, and a good portion of uh, Cardstown Road was also blocked up. And Sunday, Saturday got a little better, and Sunday a little better, and Monday a little better. And you see, this was a problem. Fourth of July was Tuesday, so these people stayed the whole time. And, um, and, and by the way, no offense, come spend your money. We love you. It's, it's fine. We just have learned how to hide out. Um, well, now we got another one. Um, lobster season, mini season, as they call it, is coming up. Uh, I participated years ago in it. Uh, but years ago, mini season was on the weekend. Uh, mini season was generally held Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it would start Saturday, uh, Friday night at midnight, pretty much. And fit, you fish, right? Lobster all day Saturday and all day Sunday and go home. Um, but 
and it all it butted up against lobster season, which starts on the sixth, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go look, but I'm pretty sure that's right, August sixth. Um, so it was causing serious problems down here, traffic wise and boat wise, and matter of fact, dangerous. It was just dangerous. So they changed it. I don't know when. I'd have to do a little more research, but it was a, a while back. They decided to make it the last consecutive Wednesday and Thursday of the month of July. So that way you had people coming down on Wednesday, Thursday. They would show up on, on Tuesday. Some of them would book the whole week and go home on Friday or Saturday instead of staying. And that helped helped alleviate the problem because a lot of people work. And they had to make a decision. Do I go lobstering or do I go to work? Or can I go lobstering? And will they let me out of work? That kind of thing. So it definitely helped buffer things a little bit. Um, it's still crazy. It's still quite the crowd. Um People love Florida lobster. That's all there is to it. So, um, and it is too, it's one of the two most popular seafoods, I'd have to say, down. I mean, we have lots of wonderful fish and stuff, but when it comes to, I've always called it weirdness. I don't mean that in a bad way. Florida lobster, spiny lobsters, it's officially called, and uh, stone crabs are stone crab, stone claw, stone crab claws. There you go, I'll get it out. Are the two delicacies down here that people just absolutely love. And by the way, stone crab won't start until October 15th. At, at some point, these two cross, they, they cross each other. They're on the menu at the same time. That makes it really entertaining to try to decide. Um, but both are expensive, so we won't get into that. That's why people come down to catch their own. <laughs> so this year, Wednesday and Thursday is the 26th and 27th. And then the season opens on the 6th. Uh, let me look it up here. Yes, August 6th till March 31st. So there you go. Um, spiny lobster, as it's officially called, a.k.a. the Caribbean lobster, Florida lobster, and bugs. Most locals just call it bugs. Um, here's, here's the regs. Sports season's a little different, too, as the two-day seasons refer to that sports season. Um, six per person in Monroe County and Biscayne, Biscayne Bay, and 12 everywhere else. Which begs the question, why in the world don't people do mini-season over in Fort Lauderdale? Lauderdale, you know, by the sea north up into the Palm Beach. Heck, friends of mine, we used to go diving for lobster out of Pompano. And it was easy and fantastic. And you get to keep 12. You don't, you don't have to stop at 6. So I, I don't know. It kind of puzzles me. I'm, but of course, it's the Keys. And I get that. The mystique and going to the Keys. And the water's beautiful here. So, you know, crystal clear does make it a little easier to hunt, I suppose. But anyway, I've always wondered that, that number reason. So one sport thing that's a little different in regulations, you can have in an automobile or truck going home, you can have 12 all in one spot over a two-day period. So if you're headed out of the Keys and you're leaving and there's and it's just you in the truck all by yourself, you can have 12 lobster tails, a two-day count. It's the only time you're allowed to do that. Any other time you're in the Keys lobstering, you're only allowed six per person on the road. Okay, It's always six per person on the boat, but the road's a little different during sports season. Uh, three inches to the car on the carapace has to be bigger than three inches. If you don't know what the carapace is, you better look it up. It's the, basically the back of the head. Um, there's measuring devices, all that kind of stuff. You need a fishing license. You need a bug tag to go along with it. Um, I think that's about it. You know. Oh no, there is one other thing. Sports season, you cannot dive at night. You cannot dive or snorkel at night. There's obvious reasons for that. You'll get run over. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. In broad daylight with a dive flag up, people get accidentally hit. I mean, we've had we've had some disasters down here. No kidding. You really have to watch yourself. Uh, there are a lot of inexperienced boaters out all at the same time with the experienced folks. And they're trying to learn bugging. They're trying to learn how to catch these things. Or, you know, just just be careful. Just take a little extra caution. And why the interest? Well, they taste good. Okay, spiny versus Maine lobster. God, I hear this all the time. Maine tastes better. No, it doesn't. They both taste good. <laughs> it all depends on where you are in your situation and what you're eating. I like Florida lobster. I find it sweeter than Maine. But I don't dislike Maine lobster. I think it's really good. 
And you also get the extra added attraction of claws, which you don't get on spiny lobster. But spiny is just, I don't know, it's definitely a sweeter taste. You ask most people that have had both, and that's what they'll tell you. It's a little sweeter taste. I think most people are just, the main lobster folks are just insulted that we actually have a lobster. And, you know, they are traditionally known as Maine lobster, you know, especially if you order it on a menu just about anywhere. It's not going to be Florida lobster unless you ask. How to prepare. Um, I like it. I, you know, you take the tail and I split it down the down the shell, the back. So it's, it splits open beautifully, basically. If you just go from where the head's missing, just straight down the tail, split it open, put a couple tabs of butter in it and sprinkle in whatever. You know, I I like uh, seafood magic. You can get that at the store. I really think that's the, not too much, just a little bit on it. Pop it on the grill, eh, 15 to 20 minutes. You got to keep an eye on it. You don't want to overcook lobster. It depends on how hot. I do a medium grill. I don't get real crazy on the heat on the grill, so I cook it a little slower. Um, and I'm making my mouth water just talking about it. Uh, it's delicious. And then drawn butter is what I like. When it comes off the grill, you can, you can pop the meat out of the shell with a fork. Uh, so you have no shell on the plate, just, just the meat. And cut it up and uh, uh, dip it in drawn butter. I mean, there's lots of other things you can do. People put it into salads. They do all kinds. They make make lobster dip. We've made lobster dip before. Ooh, that's good with the leftovers that you have, if there's leftovers. Um, so anyway, that's that's simple preparation. You can do the same thing in the oven. Split it down the back, a couple butters, whatever little spice you might like on it. Don't get too crazy. Lobster tastes good. Uh, pop it in the oven at about 400 degrees. Ooh, bake. Um, I usually do that for 12 to 15 minutes, and then I flip the broiler on for the last three or four minutes, uh, just to just to singe the top of it a little bit. And I, that's another way to get you know if it's raining out there and the grill ain't accessible, that's a good backup. So, um, oh, another tip for lobster season: drive slow <laughs> on land, <laughs> and mind the. I also mind the waterways too. There's all kinds of slow zones on the backwater areas that you have to watch out for dock areas and mangrove and, and manatee zones. So slow down, you'll get caught and you'll be in trouble. Uh, but on the road, man, they run extra. They make money. They make money that during that time. So you all slow down. Just get it down, speed limit down to the, it's 45, most of the area in the Florida Keys. So try to keep it in that general area. Nobody down here is in a big hurry. So just slow down. I cast. Uh, yeah, July 11th through 14th. So by the time you hear this, it will have already started. Um, this is a fishing industry's big event. Conferences are held in Orlando every year. People putting their heads together, inventors, uh, retailers, and all that kind of stuff. No, the public is not invited. I hear this every single year, and I even get questions. How do I get in? Uh, you don't. Uh, you have to be a dealer, a tackle dealer. Um, very experienced social media person, like with lots and lots of followers, uh, and it pertains to fishing. Uh, press people pertains to fishing. That's how I got in. I was doing press and stories for, for fishing. So that's how I got in. All, you have to have some sort of connection with fishing and promoting fishing. And at the same time, have a pretty good audience. And then you can get credentials. Uh, it's about that simple. Um, nope, I'm not going this year. Perhaps next year. Um, it's quite a load on my body, to be honest with you. I do a lot of short span fun things boating for me is like three or four hours i don't go all day um you have to see the icast floor to even begin to understand how insane this thing is it is a gigantic floor of stuff as far as the eye can see literally two days is what i like to spend there and i can barely cover it uh one the one thing if anybody from icast listens to this you don't need any more chairs you need benches and chairs for people like me to sit on for a little while. I realized back in the back, there's a huge food court where you can grab a table if you want to be. It'd be really special if you had some benches and chairs located strategically around the floor, just so that when when Rob gets tired, he can just sit down for five minutes. Uh, my back just gives me fits if I'm on my feet too long. So plain and simple. And I know a lot of people are like that. So, um, But it's fun. It really is fun. You get to see the stuff that's coming, and that's pretty special. Um, the brand new lures, the brand new uh, pieces of uh, a fake bait, <laughs> the brand new accessories for fishing, as well as clothing and all the things that you can just imagine that go along with fishing. Sunglasses, it's, it's mind-blowing, it really is. And I enjoy that. Um, 
but this year I'm going to, I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking about doing now is just skipping every other year. Just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to do it this year and just take it easy. However, I will be checking emails. I will be watching the new stuff as it's presented online. Uh, a lot of my friends have podcasts and they also have visual video stuff that they put up on YouTube showing you the latest and greatest equipment and all the new things that are coming. And I think that's really fun to watch. So I'll be on doing that and I'll talk about it here. So you won't miss out either. Um, one thing to note, the stuff that I talk about and that we see and that we talk about at ICAST probably won't be seen on a shelf in a store until September late, a lot of times until Christmas. So just be aware that this stuff is, I mean, this is like pre-pre-information. So there you go. What time is it getting to be? Oh, 30 minutes. All right. Uh, let's see. I got a couple more things. Hot off the press. Hot, hot off the press, so to speak. Woody's in Alamorada has closed. <laughs> There's a lot of guys going, what, what? <laughs> yes, the infamous nude bar is over. Uh, Friday, it was purchased by three buyers, and they supposedly are keeping the name, but they're going to change it to a sports bar. So the the only naked bar that I'm aware of in the case, I don't know, I'm sure there might I well, I don't know that for a fact, but I just know Woody's in Alamorada because I hung out there. So not at Woody's in Alamorada. I don't think I ever went in Woody's, to be honest with you. Seriously. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. 30 years, somebody said. That's how long it's been there. Here's the funny thing I read in the uh, Keys Weekly paper. It said that statistically women went there more than men, especially for bachelorette parties. Go figure. Good music. <laughs> they had a great band there years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to fish, Alamorada, not to go to a naked bar. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Underwater Music Festival happened on 7th and 8th of July. I'm telling you that because Janelle is there today. Uh, doing the underwater part. Uh, it started yesterday with uh, instructional stuff about you know the reefs and all the things that are associated with that. Yeah, the Keys do a lot of quirky, weird, interesting type things, but it's usually associated with some really noble type thing we have to talk about down here, and especially when it comes to our reefs, and that's what they do with this one. The Underwater Music Festival um, is just that. They get underwater and play music. You'd have to see it to believe it. Uh, it was, it's, it is down in Lou Key, um, you know, off a of big pine. And I love that reef. I, I'll be honest with you. That was one of my dive spots that I really like to go to. Lou, Lou reef is interesting because it's, it's stretched. It's like long, um, you know, it's not a great big, like round reef. It's like a, it's like a reef edge or a, or a, I don't know, a, a, a latitudinal longitudinal what latitude so you can get put in at one end with the current and and snorkel or dive the entire reef um and it's a gorgeous reef it's really beautiful you ever get a chance to do lou uh down in big pine by all means go and there's lots of boats that'll take you out there and drop you in the water so anyway janelle's there to do videos and photos and interviews and things like that of the people on the boat that most of the performers that are on the boat they're going to be performing underwater if you have never seen this go online and look up the let me get it correct here look up the underwater music festival in the keys and it'll pop right up. And of course, um, Janelle and her gang are going to be putting all this up on Facebook on the Florida keys and key West. Probably see it. Well, you'd see it. I'm, of course I'm speaking today on Saturday, knowing this is, you all are going to hear this on Tuesday. So if you just go to Florida keys and key West Facebook page, I'm sure there'll be videos and all kinds of fun things to watch there. Last but not least, <laughs> Uh, working on an instructional book for Fish in the Florida Keys. You already know that. No, I don't have a name. Um, I've gone through several that I like, but I haven't really picked a name yet, and the publisher will probably help me with that. It's coming along. However, I have to, um, I got to play a bit and write a bit. It's much easier that way. Working on chapter 19 right now of approximately 30 chapters, so I feel like I'm more than halfway. As I mentioned before, this one requires a lot more research than my first book, but I'm getting there. You know, the first book I wrote was from almost 20 years of just going out on charters and, and observing and witnessing. And, and, and the book's called What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida, because it was and is. 
Um, this is different. I know all about the middle keys. I'm learning Key Largo, and I know a little bit about Key West, but the stuff in between is hard. And also, the fishing here is diverse. It's like all over the place. Uh, the only thing we don't really do here is fresh. That's about the only thing I've had to take out of the first book and say, no, nah, I don't need fresh water. But what I really, really need is, is Florida Bay versus the Atlantic Ocean. Bridge fishing, fishing cuts, wading, bone. Just think of the species we have down here. The species list is enormous, and the interest in those species is enormous. So I'm trying to cover all the bases. I mentioned it was a summer release. Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> More likely close to the end of the year. We'll see. I, I'm putting my heart into this one because this is probably going to be the last one I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this book and then and then wash my hands of it and go fishing permanently. Um, um so just keep your eye out. It's, I'll get it done eventually. By the way, fishing is fantastic down here. Um, that's one thing I've learned. Through the kayak and the boat, it's just, it's just amazing in all the different places. And I've been able to explore some brand new stuff that I was never able to explore before. And that pretty, is pretty exciting to me. Um, it's a combination of a lot of different species along with a view that you just can't beat. So uh, if you get a chance, come on down. Come on down and go fishing. You'll, I know you'll enjoy it. Has closed. <laughs> There's a lot of guys going, what, what? <laughs> yes, the infamous nude bar is over. Uh, Friday, it was purchased by three buyers, and they supposedly are keeping the name, but they're going to change it to a sports bar. So the, the only naked bar that I'm aware of in the case, I don't know, I'm sure there might, I, well, I don't know that for a fact, but I just know Woody's in Alamorada because I hung out there. So not at Woody's in Alamorada. I don't think I ever went in Woody's, to be honest with you. Seriously. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. 30 years, somebody said. That's how long it's been there. Here's the funny thing I read in the uh, Keys Weekly paper. It said that statistically women went there more than men, especially for bachelorette parties. Go figure. Good music. <laughs> they had a great band there years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to fish, Alamorada, not to go to a naked bar. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Underwater Music Festival happened on 7th and 8th of July. I'm telling you that because Janelle is there today. Uh, doing the underwater part. Uh, it started yesterday with uh, instructional stuff about you know the reefs and all the things that are associated with that. It, the Keys do a lot of quirky, weird, interesting type things, but it's usually associated with some really noble type thing we have to talk about down here, and especially when it comes to our reefs, and that's what they do with this one. The Underwater Music Festival um, is just that. They get underwater and play music. You'd have to see it to believe it. Uh, it was, it's, it is down in Lou Key, um, you know, off a of big pine. And I love that reef. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was one of my dive spots that I really like to go to. Lou, Lou reef is interesting because it's, it's stretched. It's like long, um, you know, it's not a great big, like round reef. It's like a, it's like a reef edge or a, or a, I don't know, a, a, a latitudinal longitudinal what latitude so you can get put in at one end with the current and and snorkel or dive the entire reef um and it's a gorgeous reef it's really beautiful you ever get a chance to do lou uh down in big pine by all means go and there's lots of boats that'll take you out there and drop you in the water so anyway janelle's there to do videos and photos and interviews and things like that of the people on the boat that most of the performers that are on the boat they're going to be performing underwater if you have never seen this go online and look up the let me get it correct here look up the underwater music festival in the keys and it'll pop right up. And of course, um, Janelle and her gang are going to be putting all this up on Facebook on the Florida keys and key West. Probably see it. Well, you'd see it. I'm, of course I'm speaking today on Saturday, knowing this is, you all are going to hear this on Tuesday. So if you just go to Florida keys and key West Facebook page, I'm sure there'll be videos and all kinds of fun things to watch there. Last but not least, <laughs> Uh, working on an instructional book for fish in the Florida Keys. You already know that. No, I don't have a name. Um, I've gone through several that I like, but I haven't really picked a name yet, and the publisher will probably help me with that. It's coming along. However, I have to, um, I got to play a bit and write a bit. It's much easier that way. Working on chapter 19 right now of approximately 30 chapters, so I feel like I'm more than halfway. 
As I mentioned before, this one requires a lot more research than my first book, but I'm getting there. You know, the first book I wrote was from almost 20 years of just going out on charters and, and observing and witnessing. And, and, and the book's called What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida because it was and is. Um, this is different. I know all about the Middle Keys. I'm learning Key Largo, and I know a little bit about Key West. But the stuff in between is hard. And also, the fishing here is diverse. It's like all over the place. Uh, the only thing we don't really do here is fresh. That's about the only thing I've had to take out of the first book and say, no, nah, I don't need fresh water. But what I really, really need is, is Florida Bay versus the Atlantic Ocean, bridge fishing, fishing cuts, wading, bone. Just think of the species we have down here. The species list is enormous, and the interest in those species is enormous. So I'm trying to cover all the bases. I mentioned it was a summer release. Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> More likely close to the end of the year. We'll see. I'm putting my heart into this one because this is probably going to be the last one I do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this book and then and then wash my hands of it and go fishing permanently. Um, um, so just keep your eye out. It's, I'll get it done eventually. By the way, fishing is fantastic down here. Um, that's one thing I've learned through the kayak and the boat. It's just it's just amazing in all the different places. And I've been able to explore some brand new stuff that I was never able to explore before. And that pretty is pretty exciting to me. Um, it's a combination of a lot of different species, along with a view that you just can't beat. So uh, if you get a chance, come on down. Come on down and go fishing. You'll, I know you'll enjoy it, so to speak. Woody's in Ala Mirada has closed. <laughs> There's a lot of guys going, what, what? <laughs> yes, the infamous nude bar is over. Uh, Friday, it was purchased by three buyers, and they supposedly are keeping the name, but they're going to change it to a sports bar. So the the only naked bar that I'm aware of in the Keys, I don't, I'm sure there might. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but I just know Woody's in Alamorada because I hung out there. So not at Woody's in Alamorada. I don't think I ever went in Woody's to be honest with you. Seriously, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. 30 years, somebody said. That's how long it's been there. Here's the funny thing I read in the uh, Keys Weekly paper. It said that statistically women went there more than men, especially for bachelorette parties. Go figure. Good music. <laughs> they had a great band there years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to fish, Alamorada, not to go to a naked bar. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Underwater Music Festival happened on 7th and 8th of July. I'm telling you that because Janelle is there today uh, doing the underwater part. Uh, it started yesterday with uh, instructional stuff about you know the reefs and all the things that are associated with that. Yeah, the Keys do a lot of quirky, weird, interesting type things, but it's usually associated with some really noble type thing we have to talk about down here, and especially when it comes to our reefs, and that's what they do with this one. The Underwater Music Festival... Um, it's just that. They get underwater and play music. You'd have to see it to believe it. Uh, it was. It's, it is down in Lou Key, um, you know, off of Big Pine. And I love that reef. I, I'll be honest with you. That was one of my dive spots that I really like to go to. Lou, Lou Reef is interesting because it's, it's stretched. It's like long. Um, you know, it's not a great big like round reef. It's like a, it's like a reef edge or a, or a I don't know, a, a, a latitudinal longitudinal what latitude so you can get put in at one end with the current and and snorkel or dive the entire reef um and it's a gorgeous reef it's really beautiful you ever get a chance to do lou uh down in big pine by all means go and there's lots of boats that'll take you out there and drop you in the water so anyway janelle's there to do videos and photos and interviews and things like that of the people on the boat that most of the performers that are on the boat they're going to be performing underwater if you have never seen this go online and look up the let me get it correct here look up the underwater music festival in the keys and it'll pop right up and of course um, Janelle and her gang are going to be putting all this up on Facebook on the Florida Keys and Key West probably see it well you'd see it I'm, of course I'm speaking today on Saturday knowing this is you all are going to hear this on Tuesday so if you just go to Florida Keys and Key West Facebook page I'm sure there'll be videos and all kinds of fun things to watch there last but not least <laughs> Uh, working on an instructional book for Fish in the Florida Keys. You already know that. No, I don't have a name. Um, I've gone through several that I like, but I haven't really picked a name yet, and the publisher will probably help me with that. 
it's coming along. However, I have to, um, I got to play a bit and write a bit. It's much easier that way. Working on chapter 19 right now of approximately 30 chapters. So I feel like I'm more than halfway. As I mentioned before, this one requires a lot more research than my first book, but I'm getting there. You know, the first book I wrote was from almost 20 years of just going out on charters and, and observing and witnessing. And, and, and the book's called What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida because it was and is. Um, this is different. I know all about the Middle Keys. I'm learning Key Largo, and I know a little bit about Key West, but the stuff in between is hard. And also, the fishing here is diverse. It's like all over the place. Uh, the only thing we don't really do here is fresh. That's about the only thing I've had to take out of the first book and say, no, nah, I don't need fresh water. But what I really, really need is, is Florida Bay versus the Atlantic Ocean, bridge fishing, fishing cuts, wading, bone. Just think of the species we have down here. The species list is enormous, and the interest in those species is enormous. So I'm trying to cover all the bases. I mentioned it was a summer release. Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> More likely close to the end of the year. We'll see. I, I'm putting my heart into this one because this is probably going to be the last one I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this book and then and then wash my hands of it and go fishing permanently. Um, um, so just keep your eye out. It's, I'll get it done eventually. By the way, fishing is fantastic down here. Um, that's one thing I've learned. Through the kayak and the boat, it's just it's just amazing in all the different places. And I've been able to explore some brand new stuff that I was never able to explore before. And that pretty, is pretty exciting to me. Um, it's a combination of a lot of different species, along with a view that you just can't beat. So uh, if you get a chance, come on down. Come on down and go fishing. You'll, I know you'll enjoy it, so to speak. Woody's in Alamorada has closed. <laughs> There's a lot of guys going, what, what? <laughs> yes, the infamous nude bar is over. Uh, Friday, it was purchased by three buyers, and they supposedly are keeping the name, but they're going to change it to a sports bar. So the the only naked bar that I'm aware of in the case, I don't know, I'm sure there might. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but I just know Woody's in Alamorada because I hung out there. So not at Woody's, in Alamorada. I don't think I ever went in Woody's, to be honest with you. Seriously. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. 30 years, somebody said. That's how long it's been there. Here's the funny thing I read in the uh, Keys Weekly paper. It said that statistically women went there more than men, especially for bachelorette parties. Go figure. Good music. <laughs> they had a great band there years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to fish, Alamorada, not to go to a naked bar. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Underwater Music Festival happened on 7th and 8th of July. I'm telling you that because Janelle is there today uh, doing the underwater part. Uh, it started yesterday with uh, instructional stuff about you know the reefs and all the things that are associated with that. Yeah, the Keys do a lot of quirky, weird, interesting type things, but it's usually associated with some really noble type thing we have to talk about down here, and especially when it comes to our reefs, and that's what they do with this one. The Underwater Music Festival... Um, it's just that. They get underwater and play music. You'd have to see it to believe it. Uh, it was. It's, it is down in Lou Key, um, you know, off of Big Pine. And I love that reef. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was one of my dive spots that I really like to go to. Lou, Lou Reef is interesting because it's, it's stretched. It's like long. Um, you know, it's not a great big like round reef. It's like a, it's like a reef edge or a, or a I don't know, a, a, a latitudinal longitudinal what latitude so you can get put in at one end with the current and and snorkel or dive the entire reef um and it's a gorgeous reef it's really beautiful you ever get a chance to do lou uh down in big pine by all means go and there's lots of boats that'll take you out there and drop you in the water so anyway janelle's there to do videos and photos and interviews and things like that of the people on the boat that most of the performers that are on the boat they're going to be performing underwater if you have never seen this go online and look up the let me get it correct here look up the underwater music festival in the keys and it'll pop right up. And of course, um, Janelle and her gang are going to be putting all this up on Facebook on the Florida keys and key West. Probably see it. Well, you'd see it. I'm, of course I'm speaking today on Saturday, knowing this is, you all are going to hear this on Tuesday. So if you just go to Florida keys and key West Facebook page, I'm sure there'll be videos and all kinds of fun things to watch there. 
Last but not least, <laughs> uh, working on an instructional book for Fish in the Florida Keys. You already know that. No, I don't have a name. Um, I've gone through several that I like, but I haven't really picked a name yet, and the publisher will probably help me with that. It's coming along. However, I have to, um, I got to play a bit and write a bit. It's much easier that way. Working on chapter 19 right now of approximately 30 chapters, so I feel like I'm more than halfway. As I mentioned before, this one requires a lot more research than my first book, but I'm getting there. You know, the first book I wrote was from almost 20 years of just going out on charters and, and observing and witnessing, and, and, and the book's called What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida, because it was and is. Um, this is different. I know all about the Middle Keys. I'm learning Key Largo, and I know a little bit about Key West, but the stuff in between is hard. And also, the fishing here is diverse. It's like all over the place. Uh, the only thing we don't really do here is fresh. That's about the only thing I've had to take out of the first book and say, no, nah, I don't need fresh water. But what I really, really need is, is Florida Bay versus the Atlantic Ocean, bridge fishing, fishing cuts, wading, bone. Just think of the species we have down here. The species list is enormous, and the interest in those species is enormous. So I'm trying to cover all the bases. I mentioned it was a summer release. Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> More likely close to the end of the year. We'll see. I, I'm putting my heart into this one because this is probably going to be the last one I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this book and then and then wash my hands of it and go fishing permanently. Um, um, so just keep your eye out. It's, I'll get it done eventually. By the way, fishing is fantastic down here. Um, that's one thing I've learned. Through the kayak and the boat, it's just it's just amazing in all the different places. And I've been able to explore some brand new stuff that I was never able to explore before. And that pretty is pretty exciting to me. Um, it's a combination of a lot of different species, along with a view that you just can't beat. So uh, if you get a chance, come on down. Come on down and go fishing. You'll, I know you'll enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed my podcast, please tell a friend, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. The Facebook page is Catch you Outdoors. The website is CatchYouOutdoors.com, where you can find all the previous podcasts and a schedule of what's to come. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy. Enjoy.